0: it's time for you to add value. My guest today, Lisa Mello, is a certified wardrobe coach who provides expert style advice to professionals through fun, interactive corporate workshops, webinars, and one-on-one style sessions with employees. Lisa's passion is to help her clients look and feel their absolute best and find their signature style all while having fun. Regardless of your size or budget, Lisa can help you discover your style, reclaim your identity, and use fashion to build your confidence. Lisa was handpicked and trained by Stacy London of TLC's What Not to Wear. Lisa Mello and I discuss her journey from litigation attorney to stay-at-home mom to cancer survivor who chose to re-enter the world as a fashion entrepreneur. Her goal is to bring fashion into the workplace as a benefit that helps employees elevate their work. Lisa, thank you so much for jumping on the show today, and I am so looking forward to such a great conversation.
1: Thank you for having me. As I said to you before, I have listened to the podcast of your guests and it's so inspiring. So I'm honored, actually, to be a part of it. Thank you. That's
0: fantastic. So obviously, we try to start out with just the beginning of everybody's entrepreneurial journey. So would you share how you made the transition to to being an entrepreneur and, and what you're doing?
1: Sure. Uh, long story. So stop me if I get too bored. <laughs> but I have always loved fashion, even as a little girl. And before this, I was a litigation attorney. And even as a litigation attorney, I remember caring Robert almost as much about the outfit I was wearing to court as I did about my legal argument. Like, oh, I got the legal argument. That's one thing. But what am I going to wear? you know, to present myself in front of the judge.
0: That's beautiful. that,
1: That time I had just graduated law school and was like really thrown into the courtroom setting. So really what I wore, I knew spoke volumes. It like, it gave me confidence. It legitimized me for being there before the court. And I was practicing in Manhattan, you know, and I remember the first words out of the judge's mouth when i started my oral oral argument she was like if you can't speak up in this courtroom get the hell out so my clothes my my preparation it was everything right and so i've always known that fashion can change the way you feel about yourself inside and the way other people see you right we live in a visual society you know, like it or not, people will judge you based upon your appearance. What do they say? It takes seven seconds to make a first impression. So my motto to all my clients is let's just get it right. You know, feel confident before you even open your mouth. Okay, so long story short, I was a litigation attorney. Then I became a stay at home mom for my two kids. I have a son and a daughter, and my journey began out of a tragedy, really. I in 2009 when I had my 5-year-old son and my 7-year-old daughter was diagnosed with cancer. And it was tongue cancer. I had never smoked a day in my life. I'm a social drinker if even, you know, weekends. So this just rocked my world. I it was a curveball that no one saw coming and basically, you know, my, my doctors just told me it was bad luck, you know, and for me, (laughs) a control freak, I'm like, I, I don't understand what did I do? Did I eat something? Was it the food? Was it, you know, trying to get to the bottom? And they said, the only advice we can give you is to stay positive, have a positive mindset. And we are going to put you through hell. Because basically, I don't know if you know about the treatment for tongue cancer they gave me radiation on the inside of my mouth. So basically burned the inside of my mouth. They said, you're going to go through hell, but we don't feel sorry for you. We're going to give you the most radiation we can give you because I was 38 and it had spread to one lymph node. So we're going to be very aggressive and, you know, give you this radiation, you'll be going through hell. But at the end of it, it's a 95% cure rate. And you will see your children grow old, you don't have to worry. So all that being said, when I tell you, it was painful, it's an understatement. Basically, I couldn't even drink water without tears falling down my face, because everything burned. And my oncologist had said to me, most of your injuries from the neck up, 90% of your brain is focused on that. So you know, when you have a toothache, you get a headache, and it's hard to concentrate on anything else. So Mm. I was on heavy painkillers. I remember I had a patch of fentanyl, 100 milliliters, 24 hours a day, and Oxycontin every four hours. So basically, I was not even functioning, you know, my husband had had to take time off of work, family, leave. And we were high school sweethearts. He has been through it all with me. But seeing him just kick into gear, he had a spreadsheet of this is how much protein you need. This is how, you know, it was like, I I, thank God I had my support system and a cheerleader. And so at one point, I had to go on a feeding tube because really, I couldn't eat anything without it burning, but they had told me you have to continue to work these muscles, your swallow it's like swallow therapy, you have to eat even though it's painful, you have to drink, even though it's painful, but I had lost so much weight that I needed the feeding tube. And I remember one day that was it was so dark, right? I mean, I turned to my face because you don't have anything else. And I've always been a faithful person, but you know, you're at the mercy, you hear the words cancer and that it's spread and, and you think the worst, right? So I remember sitting on the couch and feeling sorry for myself. And my husband said, you know, we can't go out to eat. We can't go out for drinks. What's gonna make you get off this couch? And I said, well, I'm a size zero now. So let's go buy clothes <laughs> that will fit this, this new body. Cause really, literally my clothes were hanging off of me. And Robert, once I put on clothes that fit, I felt like I'm not that sick. I, I, I can see who I am. I I'm going to make this, I'm going to fight this. I'm going to put on the clothes that, that fit me. And it gave me, it's so much more than superficial to me. It gave me like control over a situation mm-hmm. for which I had no control. Wow. So that's when the idea came to me, like, you know, there's something there, right? But as I was getting better, I remember watching the show, What Not to Wear. Mm-hmm. Did you ever see that show oh, yeah, on TLC? So yeah, it was Stacy London and Clinton. <laughs> And I remember thinking, I want to do this someday. I, I don't know how I'm going to do it. I have no fashion experience. I am a litigation attorney, but I loved the way Stacy made these women feel. I loved how you can see the confidence oozing out of them at the end of the show compared to the beginning. I mean, it changed so many lives, I felt like. So... Be careful what you wish for, and whatever you wish for, put it out there. I actually, as I was getting better, saw in my local paper that Stacey London herself, who I had like been loving and admiring, and she kind of got me through this dark, dark time, had been hosting a seminar on how to become a stylist. And I turned to my husband, we're still paying my law school bills, by the way, my law school loans. And I said, I really think this is something I want to do. And he was like, I think you'll be great, whatever it's going to take. I support you 100%. And I took her class. It was a two day seminar in Manhattan. And people flew in from all over the country, hundreds and hundreds of people. And she talked about how, you know, about fabric and body type and fit and, how to work with clients and say, I mean, she was harsh, but she was always caring. I have a different approach. (laughs) I'm always very positive, no matter, you know, how I present news, I'm always very positive. It should be a positive experience, right? So, and in the afternoon after she lectured, she broke us down into groups and she had mock clients with their entire wardrobe, shoes, jewelry, whatever. And we had to dress them for their body types and for the event they were going to and to make them feel confident. A lot of people have so many insecurities growing up about body type and you know things that you or I wouldn't even see but have been bothering them their whole life. So it's about how you present, how you talk to your client, not only about fashion. So at the end of the two-day seminar, it, I got my certification, which I was so thrilled about. And she offered me a job. And I, when working for Stacey London, her and her best friend from high school started this company called Style for Hire. And the premise was, why should stylists be available to only celebrities? Everyday men and women need this service as, you know, maybe more than celebrities, right? So she had this company and she said, even though you have no fashion experience, and, you know, we're willing to take a chance on you. The way you deal with clients is, is everything, and everything else can be learned. And so I started working for her I, a year to the date where I was at my low point watching what not to wear. I was on the set of what not to wear, helping people feel great about themselves. So it is like, I truly believe, put it out there, be positive have the right mindset, and it will come to you. So I worked for her company, and she encouraged all of us, I didn't even know that this was a profession. So she not only, you know, took me under her wing, she showed me that you yes, that you can make a living doing this, this is a profession, and she encouraged us to have our own business, you know, on the side, because we were really consulting for her It wasn't a full time job. So she encouraged me to become an entrepreneur to do what i love and i have never looked back i love it
0: well that's fantastic i mean what a great opportunity amazing to to come after after such such tragedy and so what a terrific way to to get pulled out and i love the power of positivity because i know i know that positive thinking is necessary for healing and recovery
1: it, I, I read the pop the power that got me through, too, the power of positive thinking, mm. because the treatment involved, um, they had to put a mask over your face and like screw it in, right? for mm. your radiation because you couldn't move. They needed to get the exact spot. and really, for people who are claustrophobic to just lie there and the only holes were like for your nose to breathe through. And I remember chanting some of the things that I read in that book, like I can do all things through God, that strength in me. You know, mm-hmm. I would just meditate on the words from that book. So yes, positive thinking is everything.
0: Yeah. Well I've I've always equated basically cancer is we kill we we kill the body to kill the cancer and then and then just hope we can bring the person back.
1: Right. <laughs> and right. so and so I'm really, here to tell you, your body can go through unbelievable things and come back
0: absolutely. I'm so thankful for the technology. Um, yeah. My wife was saved this year by recent medical technology and oh, and so she so didn't, didn't have know. near the issues in long term that that you've had. and and so i I'm just so so grateful that. The technology exists to do the things that we're doing to to keep people alive and, and give them a healthy outlook and so
1: And just talking to other people like I see uh, it was such a dark time in my life. I would never want to go through it again or wish it upon anyone, but so much positive came out of it. Before that, I wasn't someone who lived in the present. I was a perfectionist. And I always felt like I rushed through, like, what's next? What's next? And now I take a whole different perspective. I am so thankful for even things like this that make me nervous. I tell myself, I'm lucky I have this opportunity. I'm thankful that I have this opportunity, even though I'm so nervous. And you Uh know, it, it just changed my whole perspective.
0: That's fantastic. So you you mentioned the power of positive thinking. And of course I love Norman's appeal. It's, it's a fantastic book. And, and for, for many people that read it, they think it's so woo woo and, and, and touchy feely, but the truth is it works and, and it works because that, that's. I'm
1: living proof.
0: (laughs) Our mind, our mind is, I mean, you can choose, you know, I want to be a victim or I want to be in control. And I appreciate you saying that, 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 changing your clothes that that one day just gave you a sense of control in, in the midst of the chaos. And so right. we have to find ways to control um, even when everything else seems out of control,
1: right? Right. And
0: we can and control so our simple, thoughts.
1: Something so simple that anyone would think was almost superficial became so important to me. And, and I carry that message, you know, when people are like, Oh, it doesn't matter what I wear. What you wear matters. I mean, I've been doing all this research during the pandemic about like work from home and wearing your pajamas when you wake up. And even just that, when you wake up and you just roll out of bed and start working, your mindset isn't shifted. If you put on clothes, I'm not saying, you know, you have to wear your blazer, but if you put on clothes to start your day, your mind is more productive and it's in that space of productivity.
0: Absolutely, it it makes a huge difference. So, when I first got into into coaching, um, I paid a mentor, paid a coach, twenty eight hundred dollars for a phone call, and I bought a suit for that phone call. And it was over the phone, not video, not a video call or anything. But I bought a suit because I wanted to be in the mindset of a professional, because I wanted to get every ounce of value out of that out of that coaching call. Right. And and it. Yeah, and and some people don't understand that, but the value of putting on something different, your body changes. When you wear, when a man wears a tie and puts on a jacket, you know he stands up a little taller, and 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 right. you feel you feel very different, right? You're, you Do you.
1: still wear that suit?
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for your
1: power, set, like I'm wearing my powerful red blaze. So I remember when I would go for my treatment, my oncologist was like people are coming in their pajamas. They're in so much pain. You're here in your boots and your blazers. And I said, as long as I look like I'm not sick, I'm not that sick.
0: Oh, you know? so good. Yeah, so good. So let's talk about the, the building your business. What what helped you as you, you got started to, to build your audience, to create a following?
1: So Stacy London and being so high profile, I mean, talk about a mentor and to me, the best, I was a little starstruck and scared of her, but she really, I mean, she, she gave you the visibility, you know, you know, that you work for the best and she gave you, I, I worked with her on photo shoots on, um, you know, mall events at local malls. So I, I developed all of these relationships with her contacts. And then from there, began, began networking. Her company folded after four years. And I continued, you know, to network. I'm on social media. I have no idea what I'm doing, but I know it's a visual business. So I know I have to be present on social media. I'm just learning how to do the business end, really. I'm still learning, and it's been 10 years, and I hired a business coach. So all of these different things, you know, have led me to build my audience.
0: Well, there's a couple of things you mentioned there. Obviously, the mentorship. What what other ways have mentors helped you grow and, and served you?
1: I think they give you the confidence because you know you, you're like on those days where you don't get great feedback or they're slow. The fact that this is a great service and people need to know about it. Don't give up if it's getting slow. Keep going. And and I I feel like this is my calling. This is you know, one of my friends along the way said, "You're very lucky that." You know you have the ability to speak after what you've been through basically they removed the tumor and it was half my tongue that it, it, even that is amazing and the fact that i i can still speak clearly she's like you have to get your message out there and this is your calling and i think all of these you know, she's a mentor in a way, all of these people who support you and cheer you on when you're thinking, maybe this isn't such a good idea. You know, when you have two college um, educations to pay for, you know, a lawyer versus your own business, it's, it's easy to try to turn your back on it. But I do believe that everything happens for a reason that I went through that. And I just want to help other people. It's easy to you know, use fashion to put your best foot forward. And I want to tell people that it doesn't mm. have to be difficult.
0: So good. Wait, the other thing you mentioned, from Stacy is the value of connection and, and networking. So let's talk about making connections and, and how valuable you know, that ability to build relationships and make connections.
1: Well, every every connection that I got from her, I pursued even long after she doesn't even do this anymore, right? She's on to another business, which, you know, she's a true entrepreneur, (laughs) right? Um, But you know, the malls that I had relationships with, I I work for for malls where they pay me to take people shopping. So it's free to the consumer. And so, and there's no ties to any particular store. So I can take you where I think you should go for your budget, for your style aesthetic. And we go and we shop at the best places for you. And I get paid through them all. So even things that I never knew existed by networking and putting my voice out there on social media, on LinkedIn and in person, I'm finding all of these opportunities that are just coming to me. You wow. know,
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. <laughs> well, and, and you mentioned luck a couple of times and, and obviously I'm, I'm a firm believer that, that luck doesn't exist, at least not in the, the way that, that people consider it. I
1: right. think
0: opportunity exists and the people that are prepared and, and the people that are, that are working, bring about so-called luck, right? Right. And so, and that started with, with your recovery. That started with that, that process of, of positive thinking. And, and like you mentioned in the very beginning, putting it out there, putting your dream out there to the universe, to, to other people, speaking it out loud, Um, all of those things are tuning your mind and the minds of the people around you to this, new this world you're creating and 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 so you've created your new reality and you're a stylist you know for the general person and I think that's just fantastic and I just love that such great connections came to you such great opportunities have, have come to you because you've prepared yourself and put yourself out there and and set a goal and set a set a destination for this is what I want to do. This is what I've always wanted to do. Right. So now right. it's, it's tied to your passion. It's tied to your heart and, and you're going to figure out how to make it work.
1: I'm not giving up. There you go.
0: <laughs> Absolutely.
1: I'm even trying to now create a niche where I bring in my professional background as an attorney and i'm trying to go to companies and saying look this is a lifestyle benefit for your employees they are your brand ambassadors right invest in me i'm gonna come and speak to them about easy ways to put a wardrobe together that's professional and that you feel like you always have something to wear we're busy enough in the morning right with our schedules our dogs our kids To stand in front of your closet and think I have nothing to wear, what am I going to wear? It's just a waste of time that it doesn't need to happen, right? So if you have a built-in wardrobe of all of these essentials, your employees will come to work on time, to work confidently, and they'll represent your company brand, you know? So I'm trying to get out there.
0: (laughs) Well, and what a fantastic idea, right? There's a reason Steve Jobs wears the same... Same right. sweater in the same collar because then he doesn't have to make that decision. And so, obviously, not everybody wants to wear the same thing Monday through Friday. But if you can help them create a wardrobe that takes a uniform that, decision, that can
1: be mixed and matched, right, and you, in a variety you, of ways,
0: you elevate their their fashion game, elevate their feeling, right, how they're how they're approaching their job. But then you also free up their mind for the decision making necessary for their job because they're not wasting five decisions on on all the choices of shoes, clothing, and everything before they get to work. What a what a fantastic And it also shows
1: people that fashion like there are so many myths about fashion, like I'm not thin enough, I'm not young enough, I don't have enough money to participate in fashion. And really they're myths anyone of any size, of any budget, if they know how to put together the, the clothes, can feel fashionable and confident.
0: Oh, that's so good. We will be right back after this short break. This episode is sponsored by Add Value to Life Coaching. Want to learn the mindset secrets of successful entrepreneurs that have been shared on our podcast? Well, you can get them for free at addvaluemindset.com add value mindset.com welcome back let's get back to more greatness so let's talk about confidence let's talk about obviously your confidence is a work in progress what what has have been helping you develop that confidence to to stand on a stage to to present yourself to companies to get well, yourself out there
1: because you're talking to someone who hated public speaking. Like, even when I had to be a litigation attorney and you know, talk in front of the judge, I would practice and prep, and preparation was key. If I knew my argument, then I was good. But and here I am now seeking out these opportunities to speak in public. And I really do believe it comes down to my illness. like i had I hit the darkest place that I feel I could ever be. And anything that's not that place is better, right? So <laughs> what you will have to lose, right? And and maybe I could help someone along the way. Mm. So that that kind of that it's a blessing and a curse for cancer. I'm telling you, it changed my whole world the good, and I'm trying to take what I can from it. You know, I, I, I'm trying to say nothing could be worse. Even if I make 100 mistakes on stage and turn bright red, it's not worse than what I went through.
0: Well, at least you match your jacket.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and red is a power color. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: So so let's talk about character. And, and obviously, you know, developing your confidence is part of developing your character but developing your character both as an attorney and now as as an entrepreneur. Um, Just share a bit about that journey and and how important your development is.
1: Well, I thought that I was practicing law to help people. So part, a big value to me is helping people. It's always been, that's always been my goal, right? To help people in life. So I went to law school with this idealism that i was going to you know help people basically my my thought process was i, I came from a, a divorce family and my mom was a single mom my dad left our family i i don't speak to my dad today mm-hmm. it, it was such a sore subject and back then divorce was very uncommon and i remember my mom got such the raw ends of the stick she mm-hmm. didn't she wasn't she came from being a stay-at-home mom she had to get a job to pay the mortgage because my father had given us the half of the house instead of making us move out and sell it so she had to pay the mortgage and i remember thinking no child support or anything back then it was you can have the house and i'm walking away and i thought this isn't right i want to change this i want to become a family law attorney and i'm going to do this and this was in high school, right? I'm going to change the world. Fast forward, it's all about the connections you meet, and I became a defense litigation attorney for an uh, insurance company, <laughs> and it was 100% not my character. Mm. And I really, I mean, I, I was always stressed. I was, I was very unhappy because it was in Manhattan, very adversarial, always arguments and really having my children kind of saved me because I became a stay-at-home mom and it it made me realize that was never what my journey should have been. That was not Mm. in my character to be this aggressive attorney in Manhattan, you know, not helping people I felt like, which is what I really wanted to do. So, and then, you know, being at home and the cancer showed me a different path that I can do something that aligned with my values and mm. with more in my character.
0: Oh, so good. Obviously, it's it's a hard statement to say that cancer saved you, but it's it kind it saved of did. You. Absolutely. I, I don't
1: want it back.
0: Please no, don't
1: I don't want any any other health issues. I'm learning, I'm being positive, I'm being healthy, and I'm moving forward.
0: Absolutely. But that attitude, right? You you have the opportunity to be grateful for such a negative experience.
1: Yeah, instead and of how being power, a victim. How,
0: how powerful know? is that?
1: It, it, I mean, I, I could have been totally swept under and poor me and, you know, but I tried to say, you know, something good has to come out of this. And it really, it, it gave me so many opportunities. It, it gave me a voice too, someone who hated speaking out and speaking in public, you know?
0: absolutely so let's talk a bit about your family and being able to build this new business around around your family
1: i i i the fact that i was a stay-at-home mom and could continue to be and that my husband was so supportive you know he is a he, we've been together since high school so i mean 10 years we dated and then we got married at 25. we've been together 35 years so right out of the womb. <laughs> But um, <laughs> always, I couldn't have done it without him. He's always been supportive, my biggest cheerleader. You know, my kids take my Instagram pictures. I have a seventeen-year-old son who's like, "Oh, mom, I'm cringing," but he still does it for me. <laughs> helps me navigate Instagram. My daughter helps me with my, you know, website. So everyone's been really supportive, and they know that it's my passion. You know, they know that I feel like I'm helping people. Well,
0: that's so good. So obviously a lot of time together with your husbands. This might be a challenging question. What was your favorite date?
1: I know there are there are so many dates, like I can't even remember them all. But favorite and memorable was um, when I we were Going, to, he planned a trip to Martha's Vineyard, and it was right after I pa- passed the bar. So I thought this was a celebration of me passing the bar. I was all excited, and you know, we were in the car ride, and he was like irritable. I'm, I'm thinking, you know, what's the point of all this, right? So, he and he's very—he's like a funny character. He would make you laugh in two seconds. He has a great sense of humor. So that I thought was all and. And we were plowing through the whole day and he's like i and we went to the hotel or bed and breakfast whatever it was and he said i have eight eight o'clock dinner reservations and he didn't feed me all day no snacks on the trip so i was like let's just get dressed early and see if they can take us now you're irritable (laughs) right so i was hangry i was very hangry and i'm like we're gonna do this so i forced us to go to the restaurant about two hours early and the woman at the at the major d said oh mr emily your table isn't ready yet and i'm like we'll take any table it doesn't have to be special you know and so we got this table it was a big round table in the middle of the restaurant and he had been meaning to propose to me Mm -hmm. and i had no idea so i like ruined the whole romantic setting we were in the middle of the restaurant he had to walk around the table to get down on monday and the whole restaurant was staring at us and so you know i don't know if i made that uh, a memorable experience for him but it is something that stands out as
0: so So the hangry proposition
1: <laughs> yes yes but he still married me so
0: <laughs> all right so on that note where where's your favorite dinner where, where do you love to eat
1: i love i've been loving sushi sushi i just feel like you don't feel like you've overeaten because so many times we have these like overwhelming portions in this country right you feel like you have to eat it all and honestly i go back to when i was sick and trying to gain weight and it's funny because a lot of people talk about trying to lose weight and how difficult it is and you know i had to gain weight so i felt like i always had to eat everything on my plate and it took me longer to chew and longer you know it was always so much pressure so i kind of love sushi that you know little bites will fill you up
0: (laughs) nice all right so what do you love to do in your free time with your family or for yourself
1: just really be with my family. I am a first time dog owner at 40 something, you know? So I love my girl. She has changed my world. Uh, You know, my mom never let us have any pets because the house had to be neat and pristine. And now I have this dog and (laughs) she like rules the roof. She's on top of my brand new couches creating chaos. (laughs) But I love spending time with her um my kids i love to spend time with my kids love to travel wish i could do more traveling
0: yeah.
1: you
0: know? all right so where where do you want to go
1: well i've been to italy um, the amafi coast and i don't think there'll ever be anything that will compare i mean i think that that's probably not true but after it'd be fun trying
0: there, what's that i said it'd be fun trying
1: yeah So maybe Greece is kind Mm. of what I'm thinking, right? Um, Similar, but the people in Italy were so nice. The food was amazing, the whole experience, you know.
0: Nice. So how important is play and fun in your world?
1: Very important. I mean, I was someone who I graduated college because of this, you know, law school, I'm gonna become an attorney. I'm, you know, Mrs. Academia, right? I graduated college in three and a half years. Worked that last semester at a law firm, and this is how I got involved in an area of law that I, I didn't love. But um, you know, worked as a clerk and was constantly working, work, work, work. Have to get all A's. Worked through law school, even though I knew it wasn't for me. I had to get through it. I had to pass. I passed the New Jersey bar and the New York bar, and worked, work, work, work. So in this profession, fun is going shopping with my clients. That's fun, you know, spending time with my family. Fun, you know, I, I have room for it now.
0: Absolutely. Well, and and sometimes a lot of folks might that are listening might identify with that path, right? You get the you get the internship or, or the opportunity at this place. And then it feels like, oh, that's that's an obvious next step. And you you get the degree, and then oh, they've got a job opening here, and that's the obvious next step. And it feels like I I hate this, right? It's not in alignment. There's something wrong inside of me, but but it feels like I don't have any other options.
1: Right. It feels like so that's where maybe connections aren't such a great thing,
0: <laughs> right? <laughs>
1: Like the connections that I made were wonderful people who set me up and wanted the best for me but it wasn't in the right industry. Mm. And I felt like I couldn't say no.
0: Yeah, that that's a that's a tough place to be, right? And and I know there's people listening that their job or the thing they're doing isn't in alignment with their values. It isn't in alignment with something inside of them. And and obviously the cancer gave you permission to To leap in a different direction, Um,
1: right? I blame the cancer on how stressed I was as, like, a litigation attorney. Like, you have to be ready for that case, no matter you know how long it's going to take. So, if you're there until all hours of the night, so be it. That's you know, you're preparing, right? So, so many times I was in that position where, Mm -hmm. you know, I I knew this was wrong for me. But I still had to give it my all and be 100%, you know, there and involved and do it. But the whole time I knew it wasn't what made me happy.
0: Well, and it becomes overwhelming, right? It's paying the student loan. Right? right. It's paying It's paying this debt that you've created. And now now it feels like uh, I'm out of options. Right. I've got to keep going down this road because because it's the only path. There's no exit, Right
1: or it feels like failure. Like I, you know, I told my mom, she's helping me pay my loans. I told, you know, I said I was going to become an an attorney. I have to do this. No matter how much I know it's not within, like, it's not in my character. I have to do it or else I'm a failure.
0: Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's so powerful, right? There's so many people that, that your, your path seems like it's been laid out and, and it was just the, it was the wrong move from the beginning and having the courage to say, right. Recognize the feelings inside you and say, this isn't right. I need to, I need to stop and do something different. Right. That, And of course that's probably for some, that might be as painful as what you went through in your recovery. Right. That might, that's a, it's a painful choice, but what's, but what's the promise ahead when your values and purpose are aligned?
1: Right, right. I mean, I almost like got an easy way out in some sense, like my husband was like, whatever's going to make you happy after what you've been through, I 100% support it, you know? So,
0: well, I am so glad that you've had a supportive husband and, and that he's, he's backed Right. Whatever choice you had to make and supported you through through your recovery, because that is so important. And that's my uh, my heart is always touched. My wife and I have been together for for over 30 years and definitely understand the value of her partnership and and can't imagine my life without her. So
1: and her and she probably feels the same if she went through any kind of medical issue. She absolutely did. and,
0: And we're we're both grateful to be to 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 be uh, you know, just continuing on the journey together, right? Because for us it's an adventure and, and we love the adventure and the challenge and 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 the challenge of building a company together is right. is is what we're doing and, and and it's just as adventurous as you know for some people climbing Mount Everest, right? For us it's it's building this company and and helping people and finding opportunities to to lean into people's lives. I
1: think that's great
0: so let's let's talk a little bit more about the confidence that fashion can provide for for people listening that don't feel like they could hire a stylist or don't feel like uh, they're worthy of of the services that you offer. what What is the reward? What is you know what what is the benefit of of your fashion being in alignment with your values?
1: Well, like we said, when when you're in any kind of industry, meeting people that never met you before, they don't know what's in your heart, right? They only see what's on the outside. It's a visual society. And, you know, they say it only takes seven seconds to make a first impression, right? Why not put your best foot forward? Why not feel confident on the When you look good, you feel good, Robert. When you feel good, you are more confident if you're going to the grocery store or if you're presenting at a board meeting, right? And that's always been my motto. Or if you're going for chemo or radiation treatments, when you feel good on the outside, it gives you confidence, it gives you a boost, it gives you adrenaline, and other people judge you based on your appearance. So if you're not putting any thought into how you're presenting yourself, I mean, there are studies that say that people judge your level of trustworthiness based on your appearance. Mm. So if you're a banker and you're dealing with people's money or or someone in finance and you're not put together, they Mm. think, oh, I don't trust that person with my money or my time or, you know, anything. So I just feel like it could be so simple you it, you would just need I, I I, have a seminar where I talk about 10 wardrobe essentials that you should have in your closet they're a- appropriate all year round if you layer them or you know wear them in different ways you can create different outfits know that these pieces fit you know that you feel confident in them and you always have something to wear you don't even have you're, you're Steve Jobs you don't even have to think about it I'll wear this with this and I'll knock them dead. Mm. Even um, I, I, I promised myself that when I started feeling better, I was going to give back, right? I, there were so many people I met when I, I had my treatment at Sloan Kettering in, in Manhattan. And everyone from the janitor to the nurses mm. to everyone, like the person who welcomes you at the door, I'm sending you my best. know you're going to be fine like every i i think they have a personality test that you have to take to work there my husband even asked so everyone was so kind to me and one of my nurses was a makeup artist and when i had had to go through three different surgeries because my my stitches kept opening up and i had to be rushed to the hospital on numerous occasions, Mm -hmm. and there was this one morning where I felt so, you know, digested. I was like, am I ever gonna get out of the hospital, Mm -hmm. let alone feel better? And she was a Mm -hmm. nurse at Sloan Kettering, but she was a part-time makeup artist, and she helped me like put on makeup. And I remember when my surgeon came in, he's like, you already look better, like, and she was like, We put makeup on her. So like, I saw that in every step of the way, it was the clothes, it was the, you know, the makeup. And so when I got better, I found out that the American Cancer Society supports this uh, volunteer workshop called Look Good, Feel Better. Mm. And basically all of the best makeup companies and wig companies donate their products.
0: Oh, so good
1: women who are, and men, who are, you know, going through treatment. So if you lost your eyebrows, we teach you how to put on your eyebrows so that it looks like, you know, they're there. And we teach you what colors work if you're going through chemo and your skin's a little yellow or, you know, little tips. And every woman and person that I've worked with along the way, and even just for me hearing a success story because you hear the word cancer and you think am i gonna die like you, you it, it comes to your mind like am i gonna die it spread to one lymph node what's going to happen to me and to hear somebody say i've been through that uh, and this is how i fought it this these are the tools that i use you will get through it be positive you know just even the stories we share the makeup tips the clothing tips And I remember so many women saying, I didn't want to get out of bed. I didn't want to walk past a mirror because I didn't want to see myself. Now I feel like I can go out into the world. The world didn't forget me. And I could feel like a human, you know, feel like myself again. So I don't know why I got off on this tangent, but fashion, the way you look on the outside, definitely gives you confidence and, and, and gives you strength
0: on the inside. Well, the ability to give back. I love that you found a program that's not only giving back to cancer victims and, and it, but it's in perfect alignment with your vision and and your purpose. And so the opportunity to join this program and come alongside makeup companies and wig companies and clothing companies and say, I want to help bring these pieces together and take take this to another level and yeah. and help people walk out, you know, feeling, feeling better. Right. Like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> feeling like the cancer is not winning. I'm still a human under here.
1: Right. Um, I have control again, giving a little bit of control, right?
0: Absolutely. Um, <laughs> my wife had gone up, gone from the critical care unit up to the floor and I brought her her clothes and just, just putting on her clothes, the doctor walked in and said, you don't look sick. And so that that was that powerful that she was able to put on her blue jeans and a shirt that were normal instead of wearing that silly yellow gown with the the stupid heart pack in the front of it, monitoring her heart rate. And I brought a rope, like I tied that thing on a rope and put it over here. Like, I don't, you don't need that thing hanging in front of you. No,
1: no, put it to the side.
0: (laughs) So, so powerful. All right, Lisa, what inspires you?
1: I think all those people I met along the way who, you know, they took the time to say a kind word, to, to give me a, a phone number, to tell me you're gonna get through this, just think positive, you know, you're gonna get better. All of, all of those little bits of kindness, my neighbors who just dropped things off at my door without, you know, any questions, if you need anything. The people who helped my children, because I I really tried to hide a lot of it, you know. They were so young, and the word cancer is is so scary. We never used the c word around the house, and and, and neighbors who picked them up in the middle of the night when my husband had to take me to the hospital. All of that inspires me, and it inspires me to try to, you know, pass it forward.
0: Absolutely, that's so good. All right. So what's what's Lisa's big dream?
1: So I want to become the leading style expert for companies and speak at their, you know, seminars, HR, you know, benefit programs and and teach their employees no matter what level they are on how to dress confidently and and put their best foot forward. Mm. As many companies across the country as I can. I do virtual, in person, wherever you want me to be, I'll do it.
0: <laughs> That's fantastic. All right. So now you've you've just had coffee with young entrepreneurs sitting across the table for 47 minutes. And you're going to leave them with Lisa's words of wisdom. What would you share?
1: Don't give up. If this is your calling, I mean, I remember so many days I I knew I wanted to help people I knew I wanted to become a stylist I know I want to bring my business to this next level where I'm speaking at big corporations but I don't know the steps so I would go do laundry or I would go make dinner oh I'll come back to it don't give up Google push through tap into a business coach or friends who have started a business or my husband who's in marketing giving me tips you know it's never gonna feel like you know perfect try and keep trying and keep trying if this is your calling and this is in alignment with what you want your life to be
0: oh so good lisa thank you so much for sharing today thank i you. so appreciate your story and your journey and. I love to see that you're going to make a, a huge splash in in corporate fashion.
1: Thank you so much, Robert, and good luck to your wife and you and your business too.
0: If you enjoyed the show, please like, subscribe, or leave a review. We have a free gift for you at addvaluemindset.com. That's a d d value mindset.com. We've collected some of the best mindset secrets shared by successful entrepreneurs on our podcast and we want to give them to you for free. ADDValueMindset.com In our next episode, Mr. Damaskey is not a gold medalist or a business titan, and he'll be the first to admit he's just a guy who has failed, been benched, suffered setbacks, lawsuits, punches to the face, and got up and brushed himself off. Dominic has no ill will of the past, but looks back and finds humor and strength. As the old saying goes, That which does not kill us makes us stronger.